Hey friends, this is Andy Storch, and I'm excited to announce that we are bringing the Talent Development Think Tank Conference back on February 22nd and 23rd in Sonoma, California. Yes, you might remember we hosted this conference for the first time in January 2020, and it was a huge hit with everyone telling us it was the best conference they ever attended. And of course, we were looking forward to running it again in 2021 until the pandemic hit. That's when I launched the Talent Development Think Tank membership community, and that's been going strong since May of 2020. But I know how valuable it is to get people together in person, and that's why we are excited to be bringing the conference back again on February 22nd and 23rd in Sonoma, California. I'm committed to making this a highly engaging and interactive event where you can connect, learn, and grow together with other talent development professionals. This is going to be the best event out there in talent development, and I would love to see you there. If you want to find more information and get your tickets today, the website is tdtt.us conference. That's tdtt.us slash conference. I hope to see you there. Welcome to the Talent Development Hot Seat with your host, Andy Storch. The show is dedicated to helping you develop the most important part of your organization, the people. If you are in HR or talent development, or you just want to learn how to get the best out of your people, then you are in the right place. This podcast is designed to give you what you need to be successful in the world of talent development. Now, here's your host, Andy Storch. Welcome to the Talent Development Hot Seat. I am your host, Andy Storch, and I'm joined today by Vivek Ravi, who is the Head of Talent Development for North America for Technology Collaboration and Strategic Initiatives at Tata Consulting Services. He's also an HR consultant, design thinker, digital humanist, and public speaker, who's passionate about topics like the future of work, employee experience, and the modern workplace. And I'm excited to have Vivek on to talk about those things today. Vivek, welcome to the Talent Development Hot Seat. Pleasure, Andy. Really looking forward to this uh, conversation today. Yeah, really great to have you on. And it's interesting that we connected a little while back, I think on LinkedIn, and I was very interested in some of the things that you're doing, that you've been speaking about, topics like future of work and digital learning and even employee experience. And there are things that have always been relevant and important, but probably more important than ever as we're sitting here in the middle of this uh, COVID-19 crisis and everybody's working remotely for the most part. So I'm excited to dig into those things. But before we do, maybe we can just start with a little bit of background, who you are and how you got there. Sure. So uh, like most uh, kids in India, I was an engineer by design. I did my computer science engineering from one of the reputed colleges back in India. I worked for a bit with technology and then I figured out I was uh, better at solutioners code. So I kind of did a master's in HR, uh, went on to take up, do some HR roles and eventually went on to build a lot of tech for HR in, in uh, TCS. So uh, I've kind of worked for about nine and a half years with TCS right now. And that's probably been my uh, only company with which I've had uh, such a long stint. And can you tell me more about your role now at, at Tata? Sure. So right now I head talent development uh, for all technology and strategic initiatives here in North America. So I kind of wear uh, Two, two hats to my role. One is I'm responsible for all the internal upskilling of uh, all our internal employees, right? Uh, in technologies and uh, domains where we have a lot of demand that we see internally. But I've uh, also been working at building collaboration tools for ourselves from scratch. And by virtue of having done that, having built a strong collaboration ecosystem internally, having built a strong talent technology platform internally and uh, having dabbled with a lot of uh, O365 uh, uh, 
technologies. I also happen to do this around reimagining workplaces uh, and the future of work, consult around this for a lot of our customers and help them in their uh, work. If you work in talent development, you know that your job has become more important than ever. The problem is there's so much uncertainty and noise out in the business world and things are changing so fast, it's hard to know where to go and what tools and resources to use to solve your problems. That's why I recently launched the Talent Development Think Tank community as a central and safe place to access information, ask questions, and talk with other L&D professionals like you so that you can achieve your goals and accelerate your career. Join today to get instant access to our online platform and community of ambitious, helpful talent development professionals who understand your world and can help you solve your problems. Right now, I'm offering 25% off the subscription price to podcast listeners. Just go to talentdevelopmentthinktank.com and use code HOTSEAT for 25% off. That's talentdevelopmentthinktank.com and use code HOTSEAT. Thanks, and on to the episode. Place transformation journeys. Oh, that's interesting. So you do a lot of internal work with the internal upskilling of employees and the talent ecosystem, uh, but also working within client with clients and helping them kind of design their future of work or or modern workplace. Yes. Well, let's start with uh, the internal work and the employee experience that you're creating there. You talk about upskilling employees. What does that mean for you at Tata? I think everybody has kind of different definitions of that. So when you talk about upskilling, what does that mean? So the way I would put this is uh, investing in existing talent, right? Giving them all the opportunities to learn, giving them uh, the best of the roles possible, making sure they they are groomed for a role has been at the uh, center of Tata's or TCS's talent strategy for a long time. So when I say upskilling, it's, it's about identifying areas where there is a lot of demand for us, identifying potentially suitable people who have uh, the ability to upskill themselves or, or incrementally add to their skill set portfolio to be able to you know fulfill these requirements for us and to enable a, a learning path that is seamless, uh, in-depth and uh, equips them enough to be able to deliver effectively in these roles, right? That in a sense is what upskilling for us is. But another key part of this is also cross-skilling. So there is a lot of focus that we put on building adjacent skills in people so that people are not one-dimensional. We kind of define them as digital ninjas here, somebody who has at least five skill sets. So, uh, you know, how do do we help people gain these skill adjacencies so that uh, at times uh, when needed, we can easily have them pivot from one industry segment to another, from one technology segment to another, thereby making our workforce extremely agile. Absolutely. And I've I've done a little bit of studying on the future of work, uh, maybe not as much as you. But one of the things I think about a lot um, in what is coming is that companies and employees and people will be operating more on a project basis than maybe just a traditional role. And so it sounds like what you're doing helps prepare people more to be more agile and move around from one project to the next instead of thinking that they need to just stick in one place or one role. Yes, because uh, providing uh, a multidimensional opportunities for our employees has always been our strength, right? For the size and scale of our company, we, uh, you know, you know, you name a technology, you name an interesting new skill in the market. There is something that we are de- we're delivering to one of our customers, right? With our wide portfolio of customers and, and projects that we have. So it's more a win-win for us to have a workforce like that. And this also is, a, is, a, is one of our uh, key USPs when it comes to enabling careers for us people right and eventually it helps us uh, 
build a strong linkage between learning and, and career opportunities. Right. Absolutely. And how do you go about doing the upskilling where you're giving employees the right amount of learning and career opportunities? Do you have major programs in place? Is it more to the responsibility of the employees? How do you transfer that and, and make that available? All right. Uh, so I, I'm going to take you through a story which I think is probably one of our biggest accomplishments in the last few years uh, at TCS when it comes to our talent transformation. So the way we have used technology to upskill our workforce at scale, I think that by itself has been an exciting journey and I've been fortunate enough to be uh, a part of this. So a few years back, we decided, we realized that, uh, you know, the speed at which the industry was changing, the amount of uh, upskill resources that we needed was exponentially higher than what a traditional bootcamp model could deliver. Like putting somebody in a room or, or just asking somebody to take a webinar or putting somebody who has 10 years experience to teach a technology just doesn't work, work to help us scale at speed. So uh, we kind of started building our own uh, talent ecosystem, our own micro learning platform. And through that micro learning platform, we kind of took an experience first approach to learning where we said, uh, hey, learning is not a transaction anymore. Right? We curate a great learning experience for you. And when I say curate a great learning experience, it's about uh, providing them uh, integrated content, multimedia content, like videos, games, all of this curated into micro learning, uh, learning cards that they can browse through anytime, anywhere and learn. And a key part of this is not just learning theoretically, but giving them an opportunity to code and practice hands-on technology coding through sandboxes, online hackathons, all of this. So for us, through this ecosystem, we potentially in about uh, two and a half years from when we started, we have been able to upskill almost about 2.8 million digital competencies in our employees. Uh, when I say 2.8 million digital competencies, I'm talking about 450,000 people who have amongst them 2.8 million skills cumulatively. Wow, that's a lot of skills. And you said how many employees? 450,000? Yeah approximately 450,000 across the globe. Across the globe. That's that's huge. And so 2.8 million skills, obviously you've got to be able to do learning, upskilling that can really scale. So I know when we chatted before, one, you said one of your kind of specialties and passions around digital learning, what's the approach to creating learning that scales for so many people? The way I would put this is, uh, you know, technology, I mean, the best of the learning content today is available open source, right? If people just want content to learn, they can find it on YouTube or, or any of the uh, third-party sources that they have. What makes a compelling case for somebody to take up learning and, and make meaningful uh, outcomes out of that is the learning journeys that you can curate to people. So uh, the minute we started shifting our focus from creating content to creating learning experiences, learning journeys, we kind of uh, were able to take a more uh, macro view of this whole ecosystem and started looking at what are the other external resources that we can leverage so that we focus on doing things that only we can do, right? And bring together a lot of these open source learning content and, and enable these learning experiences for people. So you're building out these digital capabilities. Do you have partners? Are you building everything internally? Like how do you, I think people want to know more about how you create this stuff to scale to, to such a huge organization. Sure. So uh, the way I'll put it is the spine and core of our learning systems are all internal. We built it from scratch by ourselves. We have an LMS that we built from scratch for ourselves that keeps a track of every single learning object that any employee in TCS uh, you know, takes. 
we we have a bunch of content partners that we have worked with various uh, you know best in class learning content providers uh, available in the market you can literally name one of them and they are our partners so the way we've done this is we've kind of integrated the, their content into our ecosystem so where we don't have content ourselves we go to their content so our platform the micro learning platform that i spoke about curates content from various sources enables these learning journeys for people and uh, uses a lot of persuasion to drive this amongst people so for example if you are an aspiring data scientist based on your existing skills the platform would be able to put together a set of curated courses and say hey andy these are 25 courses that you need to do from now to get to this aspirational level of data scientist that you want to be and and it curates different learning contents uh, from all these sources and just enables a single learning experience for you where uh, you know the system interestingly also identifies uh, areas uh, when you slack and say hey you're dropping the ball you know get started and continue learning right there are these gamified nudges that the system also does uh, so that the entire experience is fun so is it using ai and adaptive learning too to learn like what people are doing and make recommendations for the next thing Yes, parts of what we do uh, uses AI, adaptive learning, all of that. We're still doing a lot of experiments to expand our uh, ability to uh, curate this more accurately. But but yes, the answer in short is yes. Great. And do you do classroom learning as well? I'd imagine that would be difficult to to roll out with that many employees. Uh, interestingly enough, uh, we do a lot of classroom trainings. Uh, you know, uh, almost. Uh, a large uh, a large sizable number of our trainings are also classroom led because we strongly believe uh, the experience that a classroom uh, training delivers right especially for a lot of our deep skilling programs is is really important because it it brings together various facets facets that just an online learning does not deliver to people that said we also have interesting uh, ecosystems called i classes which kind of give you a in classroom experience but in an asynchronous mode which means you can you can be in any part of the world uh, get into one of our classes and have an have a instructor led classroom experience irrespective of where you are or where the instructor is and we in in, uh, in the us canada we also have an interesting concept called playgrounds where these are uh, hacker style learning spaces that we've set up which uh, have all the infrastructure challenge banks and and a whole bunch of you know learning resources available to you so you can you can just walk in there are a lot of boot camps that happen there there are a lot of hackathons that happen there you can walk in pick up challenge statements and learn you can take your friends and learn so i think uh, classroom training is is a very important part of all the trainings that we do and uh, we try and uh, make sure we don't lose focus or we don't uh, take that component out of our learning ecosystem yeah i'm glad to hear that i think that you know the best organizations are doing a mix of both and and still giving people that in person experience when they can and also making a lot of digital and virtual options available uh, obviously as you and i record this in april uh, we're in the middle of the covid-19 pandemic and classroom learning is not a possibility um so everybody's quickly shifting towards digital and virtual i know for a lot of my clients we're moving a lot of programs to virtual or or postponing some in person workshops uh, i'm curious how 
the transition has gone uh, at Tata with such a large uh, employee base with many people already working remotely. But as you told me earlier, a lot of people also working in offices. So how has that transition gone? How have you managed it to make it successful? So with the advent of this pandemic, we quickly came up with a framework that we called Secured Boundaryless Workspaces. Uh, our teams showed a lot of resilience and and. Uh, pulled through a miraculous enablement of this for almost 400,000 people within a span of two, two and a half weeks across the globe, making sure everybody had resources to the same amount of technology that they needed, same amount of computing power that they needed, and did all of this at Warfooting. And, and uh, you know, in less than two weeks, we've almost been able to seamlessly transition to this mode and uh, had very, very, uh, in fact, if I would say no impact in, in our delivery to our customers. So I think that's a, that's a major, major uh, achievement, if I, if I may say so, for us internally, because uh, for us, the focus on customers and being able to deliver to them uh, has always been uh, one of the most important things. That said, for a function like talent development, our internal customers have always been our employees. Employees have been at the center of a lot of things that we do. Uh, even as a company. So uh, along with this whole transition to SBWS, uh, all the investments that we had already made in, in these uh, digital technologies or digital uh, learning resources just came in handy for us uh, where, uh, you know, literally with uh, very little time spent on this, we spun around all our instructor-led classroom sessions to virtual collaborative sessions, uh, some through Microsoft Teams, some through all of our other collaboration platforms. Uh, also enabling things that, uh, you know, we kind of resisted doing in the. This episode of the Talent Development Hot Seat is sponsored by Advantage Performance Group. Advantage is the first place to call when you need leaders to lead, sellers to sell, and your business to flourish. We specialize in connecting organizations with exceptional learning solutions to help them turn strategy into action and get their people doing the best work of their lives. And we're also proud to be providing tons of great content and inspiration to you and everyone out there during troubled times. You can go to advantageperformance.com to find any of our weekly webinars, insights, white papers, and blogs we've been putting out to help you survive and thrive during challenging times. That website again is advantageperformance.com. And now back to the show. past, like whiteboarding online, right? Uh, given the situation now, uh, we figured out ways to run design thinking workshops with uh, uh, multi-location whiteboarding happening online and things like that. So I think the way we've been able to transform our ecosystem and, uh, and uh, literally deliver almost anything and everything that we were doing before in a virtual mode has been, uh, has been a great uh, learning experience and a, and a fun experience to be part of. Absolutely. Very interesting. And uh, it's been a challenge for everybody, but it sounds like uh, you were set up fairly well going into this and uh, had a good system in place to get everybody moving. And I, I would imagine that the HR organization, as it did in many organizations, um, played a big role in making this successful. What would you say would be one or two keys to success for the HR organization that that uh, helped you know the company overall make this transition? I think if I may uh, just uh, put it in two words, one is uh, empathy, empathy towards our employees. Two is the resilience and uh, the resolve to keep lights on. I think these two have always been at the center of 
what our hr teams and and uh, a lot of our support functions have been doing those have uh, in in more senses than not stood testimony or uh, been uh, the uh, two words that will describe most tcsers yeah i i've been studying this idea of leading through crisis and we have a new solution i'd love to run the ideas by you after this but uh, one of the big learnings is empathy is so critical uh, to lead through a crisis like this and understand where people are coming from there might be different concerns different challenges and uh, you know no one solution is going to fit everybody right and so the more empathy we have the more successful you're going to be in creating that better employee experience and speaking of employee experience i had a question for you about that because i know that's something that you've done a lot of work on uh, and we've kind of covered touched on some parts of this but you know in your words what would be uh, what do you think is essential to create an important employee sorry a successful employee experience the most important thing would be to first put yourself in the shoes of an employee and then think through the whole thing be uh, extremely dispassionate about your own processes and uh, its administration right uh, that kind of gives you a big 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 head start in terms of designing a great employee experience second is uh, trying to keep it fairly simple for them consume take it to a place where they already exist uh in, in instead of asking building a platform looking at it like a, a technology centric solution uh take take try and see if you can build a solution at a place where they're already collaborating i think these two kind of remove a lot of friction in terms of uh, any solution that is uh, being conceptualized and the other thing around employee experience i would say i mean employee experience if you ask me is a, is a really really uh, wide area to be uh, talking about do you have any specifics uh, around employee experience that uh, you'd want me to share uh, my experiences uh, on well, I I think a lot of, you know, a lot of companies, there are many companies out there trying to create a better employee experience. And there are still, I think, far too many companies that don't think about that at all. They talk about customer experience and customer success. But the way I've looked at it, you know, your customer experience is never going to exceed that of your employee experience. So if you don't treat your employees well, you can't really expect them to treat your clients or customers well, right? So I, it sounds like, are you, is is your company focused on creating that great employee experience so that they will go and create a great experience for, for their clients? I can't uh, do anything but agree and resonate with you on this. The point here is uh, I'd like to call what we live in today as an experience economy, right? People who come to work today are uh, come to work having experienced hyper-personalized experiences in their everyday life, right? Uh, the Facebooks, Amazon, Googles, everything is personalized to, to you. Right. What you see is different from what uh, your family member sees, your friend sees. But in most organization contexts, uh, you know, let's take something uh, like an intranet, right? A basic intranet. Uh, if I if I were to say hyper personalized experiences, uh, let alone hyper personalized experiences, even personalized experiences, there are uh, a big challenge. Uh, in most cases, they are a standalone platform where it's a one size fits all approach. So things like this kind of uh, always create a friction between what uh, and, and what what your employee experiences in his in his or her everyday life versus what they experience in their work life so trying to bridge the gap here trying to build personalized experiences on on places like intranet 
is probably a great place to start with right if i were to give you an example uh, there was one customer uh, who we were working with to do this and uh, we ended up building uh, an intranet for uh, uh, a, a major airline company uh, and for their pilots right so the way this works is the the platform kind of understands if you're a pilot or a crew and kind of gives you curated uh, uh, options on your screen and then it even understands if you are on roster and you're flying a plane it it only gives you the most important flying manuals that you need to see on your intranet and and does not probably ask you to apply your leave which you didn't do last week right things like these could be really really small but in if you look at it from an employee's perspective they make a big big difference each of this is one friction less right and uh, it also the platform that we did also did some interesting things like if you raised a travel request right it would say hey uh you know you i i know that you're traveling from point a to point b here are some other people that you know who are also traveling from uh, this place to this place around the same dates why don't you go ahead break ice with them have a conversation so that you can have a friend when you're traveling like things like these are are potentially what uh, uh i mean by employee experience and uh, that's the, those are the areas where we've been doing a lot of work oh that's really cool i like that and that's uh you know getting smarter about where employees are going what they're doing creating a great experience for them helping them build a network i'd love to get into more of that uh, but i want to shift gears now and just ask you a few questions about you starting with uh, vivek what has been uh, your greatest accomplishment or proudest moment in your career so far uh the proudest moment uh, or the accomplishment i'd say uh, you know it's more for uh, the team that i've been part of not just uh, me but i've i've been extremely proud of the way that uh, we've built our own uh, talent e- ecosystem internally from scratch some of the platforms that i've been fortunate enough to work with and uh, you know be part of this whole experience of of building our ecosystem that that's that's really been a humbling experience for me and uh, the way we've uh, put purpose at the center of learning right and try to link learning with career uh, making sure it meets our business objectives our business teams have a robust talent pipeline at all times right our our ecosystem fuels that pipeline and make sure we have uh, uh, the the talent engine available for our uh, business expansion and uh, uh, the third part around this is how we've never really made uh, learning a mandate we we've, we've kind of let it for people to uh, choose their learning paths and uh, how beautifully we've used nudges to bring these three uh, pillars together to fetch results for us business results for us i think that's something that i'm really proud of yeah those are two things to definitely be proud of and uh, on the flip side what has been your one of your biggest failures or mistakes and what did you learn from it uh, this is more a personal thought process that i was in uh, say about 6 years 7 years back before i i stepped on to doing a lot of these things right uh, like most other people i also had a very technology centric view to a lot of these solutions uh, i always thought it was about a tool or or a technology that can solve a business problem for us and uh, having been part of this journey i i now realize much better than in the past that it's not just technology technology can just be an aid but it's it's more about the people it's more about uh, how you use technology to drive behavior yeah people talk all the time about technology and sometimes i forget that it's people that are making the technology using the technology and still people that are driving all the results in the business so we we really can't lose sight of that yeah, yeah. you are 
intimately involved in thinking about the future of work and the modern workplace and where all of that's going. What trends, if any, are you following in talent development right now? So when I say trends, I think uh, my personal favorite trends uh, has been around micro learning, just in time uh, learning and, and gamification. If you ask me, technology today is, is much, much, much more easier to learn than in the past. You don't need to spend uh, years trying to ma- master a technology. Increasingly, a lot of niche skills are even getting commoditized. For example, AI, if you ask me, is not even a developer skill, a core developer skill anymore. There are a lot of AI engines that have made uh, you know them consumable services. Right. So uh, the trends that I probably uh, been following and and uh, where as a company as well we've been embracing and staying on par, if not ahead of the curve, has been around micro learning, gamification, and just in time learning. Yeah, those are big ones. Micro learning just keeps growing. Uh, and I like the idea of just in time and gamification. Um, from a learning perspective, I usually ask my guests for a book recommendation. So I wonder if there's a, a book that has made a big impact to you and you recommend often or maybe a, a TED Talk or some other learning resource. Uh, I think my personal favorite all-time book is this book called Rework. It's a phenomenal book where the authors uh, talk about how your view of the art of possible, uh, what is real in a real world is uh, is it doesn't necessarily have to be defined or confined by what somebody else uh, feels and uh, they talk a lot about how uh, you know it's incremental increases over perfection or uh, you know how we should probably not spend a lot of time thinking about problems that don't exist rather just get started do something and then figure out the problems as they come i think i can keep going on and on about uh, some of the quick lessons that the book offers but uh, i mean for anybody listening here uh, without if you're looking for a place to connect with colleagues and peers from your industry and find out what other people in talent development are working on you need to check out the brand new talent development think tank membership community Inside, we have members from companies all over the world who are working on all different things in talent development and sharing what's been working, what's been not working, and answering each other's questions so we can all get our jobs done more effectively and be more successful in our careers. If you'd like to join us, we'd love to have you. Just head on over to tdtt.us slash community, and you can use code HOTSEAT for 25% off your subscription. That's tdtt.us slash community and use code HOTSEAT for a limited time for 25% off your subscription. If you have any questions, reach out to me and let me know and we'll see you there. Battling an eyelid, I'd probably say Rework is a book that you should all read. Awesome. Yeah, I haven't read that one. So that's uh, Rework by Jason Fried and uh, David uh, Hansen, I think. Cool. Uh, All right. Last question for you, Vivek, for anybody listening who is in HR talent development, looking for ways to accelerate their career, get to the next level, be more successful. uh, What's one more piece of advice you would give? I'd rather say these are reflections from a lot of thinking that I've done to myself. One is, uh, I think uh, we all have the power to influence a lot of our uh, employees and take them along and, and help them in their careers. By, by helping them in their careers, potentially, eventually we'll help ourselves also, right? So in this, I think two things that I'd, uh, I, I've been uh, consciously focusing on uh, spreading the message with, with a lot of our uh, you know, people that I interact with is uh, one, uh, I think it's time for us to help people aspire to be generalists. 
right? The industry doesn't need specialists at scale anymore, the way the industry is progressing toward. So when I say generalists, we're not talking about people who are jack of all. We're talking about people who have uh, multitudes of skill sets at reasonably good levels of expertise so that they can they can just have skills, five skills that they know just enough to get their hands dirty, get in, figure out, and then find solutions too. So I think that's something that uh, will uh, that that's something that will be really good for us to uh, potentially evangelize. The second thing would uh, be to keep in mind that a lot of innovation of will happen only at the edges anymore. A lot of mainstream innovation is 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 done. Uh, a lot of innovation that will happen from here on is going to happen at the edges. So when, when things like that happen, it becomes extremely important for us to keep our minds open, think out of the box, continuously question things that we ourselves felt uh, cannot be done, right? And uh, eventually, right, uh, try and attempt solving some of those problems that we, that we thought we potentially can't. And some of the solutions that we may find might, uh, you know, literally startle ourselves. You know, one of the biggest examples that we can all look for, look at is uh, how the world has spun itself to a virtual uh, economy and a virtual ecosystem at the wake of COVID. Things that we all thought that was never possible to be done virtually. Like things like weddings, funerals, all of them happening virtually right now. I think that's, that's probably something that... Uh, we can uh, always reflect upon when we think something can't be done. Yeah, very true. I mean, some, that that would have thought people would have thought that was crazy uh, just a few weeks ago. And uh, before we started recording, you told me that you recently attended a wedding on Skype. I've been invited to birthday parties on Zoom. Another colleague of mine told me that she recently attended a funeral on Zoom. So, I mean, we are keeping the socializing going during social distancing using all the technology that's available to us. Yeah, and I've been, uh, uh, you know, hosting a lot of uh, quarantine parties for uh, my own team. And I, I really love it. Like, I look forward to, you know, Friday evenings where we all get together, have a lot of fun, meet our family members, meet our pets. It's a lot of fun. It, it helps us unwind. In fact, uh, you know, thinking of this, even when uh, things get back to normal, I, I strongly believe the new normal will be very different from what uh, the old normal was. Yeah. I agree. I think there's going to be many benefits that come out of this. And one of them is what you just said. People are, could actually be more connected, uh, especially in a, in a completely more human way where you're getting to know people, not just at the office, but seeing their family members, their pets, their children, things like that. And I've done some of those calls on Friday afternoons as well. And it's, it's really cool to just kind of kick back, socialize and meet people's families and, and things like that. So that's, I think it's a nice benefit that's come out of all of this uh, tragedy. Well, Vivek, we've come to the end here and I really appreciate you taking the time to come on to share some of your uh, experience and expertise. Uh, I know you've done so much of this work in the future of work and modern workplace, things like that. And we covered a lot uh, regarding employee experience and things. So thank you so much for coming on the show. Thanks, Andy, for uh, having me over. It was uh, fun and, and uh, very insightful uh, interacting with you. And uh, I hope uh, to have a lot of conversations offline and uh, brainstorm. Uh, I really love our uh, conversations that the sidebar conversations that we've always had on LinkedIn. I hope to keep that going. Absolutely. And we will. Uh, all right. Thanks, man. Take care. Thanks, Andy. Bye-bye. I hope you enjoyed that interview with Vivek Ravi. Uh, there's so many great uh, points in there and things that we can learn. And uh, Vivek said something to me after we stopped recording that I wanted to add on here because I think it's inspiring and something a lot of organizations could potentially take and run with 
uh, without too much additional cost or investment. Uh, he said they're doing something called a 50K learning challenge in uh, North America as we recorded this. And the goal is 50,000 learning hours inside of, I believe, two weeks. It might have been a month. Uh, obviously, your number is going to vary based on how many people you have in your organization. Um, but their HR talent development team is kind of all hands on deck facilitating this, making sure learning is available and a priority for all of their workers in North America. And again, their goal is 50,000 learning hours during a certain period of time, and they're donating money to charity based on the number that they hit. So there's like incentives around it and everything. I thought that was a pretty cool initiative and one that I wanted to share with you in case you want to try to implement that in your own organization. Um, and if you're looking for more great interviews, tips and tricks and advice, uh, head on over to our website, talentdevelopmenthotseat.com, where I'm sharing all of our great interviews and we have some free resources as well. That's it. Thank you so much for joining me and I'll see you next time. Thanks again for listening to the Talent Development Hot Seat. If you haven't already, we'd love for you to leave us a rating and review on iTunes to help other people find the show. And as always, you can find all of our episodes and tons of free resources on our website, talentdevelopmenthotseat.com. Thank you again and take care.